From Seattle, I'm Zach Jabal, and this is a Vine Pair Podcast Conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regular podcast episodes in order to give you a better picture of how the COVID-19 crisis is impacting all parts of the business, as well as to help provide a bit of hope and a path forward for all of us. Today, I'm talking with Paul Zitarelli, the owner and founder of Full Pull Wines here in Seattle, and actually a return guest to the Vine Pair podcast. Paul, it does feel like it's been about an eternity since we had you on, even though it was actually, and I looked this up, just August of this past year. But uh, but man, it has it feels like feels like a lifetime. Yes, that is shocking that it was less than a year ago. So uh, before we get into some questions about how things are going for Full Pull and online wine sales, I wanted to check and see how are you doing personally? Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you asking that. Uh, I'm doing, uh, pretty well. Um, you know, I have, uh, I have two young kids and we're all, you know, we've all been healthy so far, which is great. The biggest challenge for me is that, um, my mom who normally splits time between, uh, here and Minneapolis where my sister lives has been kind of, um, stuck there with, with no end in sight. So my kids, uh, my kids miss their grandmother and and we miss her too, but, um, uh, but we're all, we're all healthy and, uh, and grateful for that. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. And I, I, I too am, uh, getting the, my pressure is the wrong way to put it, but definitely some grand, some, my parents, AKA my son's grandparents are definitely pretty eager to, uh, to see their grandson again, but, uh, we will, We'll just have to wait until it's a little safer to do that. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about full pull and and how things have if they've changed and how how they have. So, when we had you on last year, we were talking a little bit about just sort of the the dynamics. And I encourage people who want a little more background about full pull to go listen to that. But can you just give a real quick rundown for uh, listeners of uh, what exactly is full pull and sort of how how is your business traditionally operated before the coronavirus crisis? Sure. Um, so, full pull is a essentially a daily offer, daily wine offer service via email. We're not quite daily yet. We're, we're at about five a week, but, um, uh, but folks who are on our mailing list, um, uh, get these email offers from us and each offer really tries to dig into the story of, uh, one particular wine and what makes it compelling. So it's basically a curation model. We taste, uh, as widely and broadly as we can and try to try to narrow the focus to only wines that, um, deliver really high quality for price. We have an emphasis on wines of the Pacific Northwest. They, those still make up about half of the wines we offer, but, um, but we've expanded into doing all sorts of import wines as well. Very cool. And so first of all, as the, as this crisis has unfolded, have you seen from your customer base, any changes in demand? Um, I guess maybe it, both in terms of volume and then also maybe what specifically people are or are not interested in buying? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, part of what concerned me early on is that we, we also have a very local customer base, a, a, a solid majority of our list members come and pick up wines at our warehouse in Seattle and, and shipping is a small component. So we pretty quickly back in March had to shut down the pickup component of our business. Uh, and so my concern in the initial weeks was that well, if folks can't come down and get their wines, they're probably not going to be interested in purchasing. Fortunately for us, that turned out not to be the case. We've we've definitely seen uh, we've seen an increase in demand. Uh, not anything crazy, but when I when I look at my own daily slash nightly drinking, it, it you know that has increased and probably by about the same rate that we're seeing our sales increase. So I think you know I think we're all we're all trying to get through this how we can and, um, and wine helps as far as specific categories, 
the places where we've really seen um, huge amount of demand is is in the value tier. Um, the couple of $9.99, $11.99, $14.99 offers that we've had have have blown up in in fairly surprising ways. But that said, we've had some we've had some big ticket items um, out there too. You know, some Vietti Barolos at uh, at two hundred dollars that did quite well for us too. But the real growth has been in the value tier. And I'm wondering, you know, one of the things that that I've seen in in sort of uh, in uh, personally observing your operation is, you know, there's there's a lot of the this this is of what you do that's sort of part art, part science in terms of kind of forecasting what you think people are going to be interested in. And and I think you know you've recounted to me a couple of stories of you know wine offers that you went one way or another that you weren't expecting, either that were way more popular than you thought or or way more or way less popular, unfortunately, than maybe you thought. And I'm wondering, you know, are you, is it just one of these situations where you're having to be even more careful because you are, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, there's always an uncertainty surrounding predicting customer behavior. And then when you add in this crisis, are you just having to be a little bit more, I don't know, I guess the answer or the question is, you know, do you have to be a little bit more cautious or, or are you just like, Hey, you know what, we'll, we'll sell it, whatever it is. Well, What's interesting about the way the last few months have unfolded is that we've been more more liberal in some ways and more conservative in others, um, or I guess risk-seeking versus risk-averse. So one thing that uh, became clear to me very quickly was that to the extent that we could do more pre-purchasing of wines than we usually do, that that would be a benefit to a lot of our long-term partners in the industry, um, wineries, distributors, importers you know, who saw basically, you know, an instant decrease in all of their on-premise restaurant sales. So it dawned on me that one way that we could really help in this situation was to not do our normal model where we sort of place a hold on wine, send out our offer, see how much demand there is, and then place our order, you know, and that can sometimes be a month or two in between us tasting the wine and actually buying the wine. Whereas now what we've been trying to do is just we taste the wine, estimate how much we're going to sell and then just buy that and sock it away in the warehouse. So we've had a lot, I mean, right now for these past few months, the a big majority of our offers have been things that we've pre-purchased. So that's the, that's the risk seeking side. But uh, the other side is that I've, I've really been trying to be conservative in how much we buy. So I take kind of the estimate of what I think we're going to sell and try to purchase anywhere from 60 to 80% of that. This is a situation where, it is unpredictable and I would much rather be uh, get oversold on something and just move on to the next wine than, than be undersold and, and left holding the bag on, on a big parcel of wine. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, you, you kind of hinted at this and talking about, you know, maybe pre-purchasing a little bit more wine, but, but are there other ways in which, you know, the COVID-19 has changed how you interact with your uh, winery and distribution partners with the obvious, um, caveat that one thing that's changed is you are presumably not tasting wine in person with your sales reps. I don't know, maybe you are, but I would assume probably not. Uh, that is a correct assumption. Yeah, that was another thing that that changed almost immediately. So yeah, we've we've basically changed to um, sample sample drops only, which mostly take the form of, of full bottles. And then occasionally, if it's, if it's something really uh, pricey, we'll have someone kind of, you know, pour a sample and dash where and we keep plenty of distance. But but it's it's actually completely changed changed the way that we buy. I mean, now there's there's just a lot more pre communication, you know, because it, I I think it's much easier 
when when reps are just pouring a couple ounce sample and moving on to just kind of open a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. Whereas if they're going to be dropping an entire bottle, I think it's in their interest and in ours to make sure that it's it's a useful it's a good use of their sample budget. So a lot more. I mean, I'm just emailing constantly with with wineries and distributors and importers uh, with ideas and trying to trying to really drill down on what are going to be the you know the best three or four samples for them to to draw are you kind of like the bell of the ball right now because you know for probably a lot of these wineries and distributors as you mentioned that on-premise channel has essentially evaporated and, and obviously different different kinds of different wineries different distributors and different portfolios have more or less presence in say area grocery stores but you're you know as you mentioned your sales are up even if you know depending on how dramatically but you're certainly at, at a minimum you're definitely holding steady so i wonder you know are you suddenly like everyone's favorite account if you weren't already, I'm not saying you weren't. <laughs> well, just just based on personality, we were we were favorite. Yeah, of course. But, um, I guess what I would say is that we we have been inundated absolutely in the last the last month or two. We've been inundated with with offers, um, and it, it has been a challenge. What I've tried to do is really focus on supporting our our long timers. You know, the wineries and distributors and importers that we've just worked with for for many years. But it is it is a weird and kind of uncomfortable position. I mean, you said bell of the ball and yeah, it's, it's, I guess I just feel really fortunate and grateful that we have a business that's going. And I, I know that, that that's not true for, for a lot of folks in the the food and beverage trade. And I feel for them. So I'm wondering, you know, I would imagine that this time of year, you know, late spring into early summer, you know, you're you're obviously planning ahead. You're thinking, okay, what are, what are people going to want to buy and purchase now? And and obviously, some of your uh, your audience, your clientele, are people who might be buying wine at any given time and not necessarily thinking about what they're going to drink tomorrow. But but I imagine that also a lot of what people are buying is stuff for kind of immediate or, or short term consumption. So, do you think you know we talked a little bit about what you've seen so far, but I'm wondering if looking forward into you know the rest of May, June, July, etc., you're you're expecting the sort of mix of wines that you sell to be pretty similar to what you sold in previous years, or do you think you know are there is there something that you think is going to be more popular than it's been in previous years or, or, or if you see that changing how do you see it change yeah i mean i think my expectation is that we're going to see some of the trends we've seen the last few months continue and that there's going to be pretty pretty high interest in in the value tier and you know volume in that tier i'm i also just have a gut feeling that that like for back of a, a lack of a better term like joyful wines are going to be popular. And by that, I mean like rosés, sparkling wines, things that like people just take a lot of pleasure in. So we're, we're trying to go long on a lot of, uh, on a lot of those. We're, we're making some, some bets on those, those styles of wines. And the, I mean, those are, those are kind of perfect offers for, for spring and summer anyway. Changing gears a little bit, how has the COVID-19 crisis kind of affected how things actually function at full pole headquarters? I mean, presumably you know, you're, you're taking social distancing and all that into account, but do you, have you had to like reconfigure how the business operates on a sort of um, logistics standpoint or, or how is that, how has that affected things? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's affected everything. I mean, we're so uh, the biggest change is that we, we have not allowed any kind of pickup uh, customer pickup in the warehouse since I think March 7th was our last one. And we just are getting ready to implement um, curbside pickup starting on May 21st. So that's been huge, but really we've also just been trying to 
have as few people down with as few football team members down at the warehouse at one time as we can and keep people as far apart as we can. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the warehouse doesn't look anything at all like normal, you know, because we don't have our tasting area set up. I mean, it's been fortunate because we have all these pre-purchased parcels um, that are just like jammed into the normal tasting space. Um, but I think we're all looking forward to, to starting up curbside pickup in a safe way. And, uh, you know, in the, in the interim, you know, for, uh, for April and May, we've also offered this, this flat rate $10 a case local shipping option, which is something we've never done before. And that's been super popular too, just to start to get some wines into folks' hands so that it's not just all building up in the warehouse. Are you thinking that that's something that's going to carry forward for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what, what I want to do is get, uh, our list members' wines into their hands in whatever way they feel is the most safe and effective. So if they want to stay home and continue to receive a couple cases a month at a flat rate for shipments, I mean, I don't envision stopping that program anytime soon. And if they would rather come down, park their car in the parking lot, send us a text message and have us load their wine into the trunk, we're happy to do that too. We haven't really talked about the any challenges that might be facing your operation either to this point or going forward from a from a legal perspective. But uh, and obviously it's you know maybe less of a concern for you because as you mentioned there there in the past was the sort of opportunity to come in and pick up wine to taste wine. But but obviously the base mechanic of your business selling you know unopened bottles of wine to people hasn't really changed. But are you is there some are there any legal issues or, or hurdles that you're looking at right now that you think could make it easier or or more functional for you and i'm I'm wondering specifically about maybe uh ease of shipping wine out of state yeah that's the that's the that's the exact one that came to mind i mean yeah the thing that the pandemic could potentially do is continue the trend of loosening up uh interstate restrictions on shipping i think as more as more folks want to be able to stay at home and receive shipments i think you will continue to see more more people you know lobbying their state legislators to uh, to pass sensible wine shipping laws. That's certainly my hope. I'm curious, you know, I guess maybe to to sum this up or to wrap this up uh, with a question that, that isn't specifically about full poll, but what can people do? Um, because, you know, businesses like yours are obviously, you know, great uh, opportunities for people to not just explore new wines, but, but indirectly um, in some cases, but still meaningfully kind of help uh, keep wineries afloat. Like, you know, are you are you getting a sense from again maybe the local industry because that's what you're most connected to that a lot of them are you know I don't know it's a grim topic but kind of on the brink or or, or what is your read on kind of how how this is affecting the industry at the level you see it? Yeah, um, I haven't quite gotten the sense of of on the brink yet, but I've definitely gotten some senses of deep concern. I mean, multiple distributors who we work with have gone through rounds of layoffs. We've, we've lost um, reps who, who would regularly call on us. I know that wineries are suffering both from the loss of uh, restaurant sales and from the loss of tasting room sales. Um, the sense I get from them is like, you need to kind of bear down and hold on until we can start getting one or both of those back in some meaningful way. But um yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's rough out there. It's it's grim, and I and I don't think it's you know it's not going to be a V shaped recovery. I don't think so. We're all going to I think we're all in it for the long haul. And you know, my intention with Full Pull is is just you know to continue to do what we can to provide some amount of bridge cash flow for these folks um, until some of those other channels come online. I mean, that's that's sort of where I see our best role in this 
uh, to be able to be helpful. Well, I certainly hope that's the case. And, and obviously for, uh, for not just for your business, but for the many businesses that in some way, especially now are, are, are reliant upon it. And real quick, uh, Paul, for people who are listening, how do they, how do they find full pull? Yeah. Uh, just visit fullpullwines.com and we've got a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple mailing list sign up right there on the front, uh, front page of the website. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. And, uh, be well. Thank you, Zach. You too. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Eric Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vine Pair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.